Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. And good morning. Welcome in. Yes, I was serious. Zach Arnett mentioned wild turkey. He said anything wild turkey in an interview a month or two ago. And that's kind of cool since that's one of the partners on the Out of Bounds show. You're listening to 105.9 The Zone ESPN. The place to go to watch all the basketball games in March. The Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Full bar and food. Hoops, hoops, and more hoops. Conference tournaments this weekend, and y'all all know that the dance starts next week. And uh, maybe arguably, maybe not, the uh, the best weekend in sports. For me, it is definitely one of the best weekends in sports all day, and it's what we're supposed to do. Not a bad deal. Um, and we'll be at the Pearl River Resort Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook late next week. Looking forward to that, and I'm excited. Blake's excited. also want to thank you for going to Apple Podcast or Spotify, searching Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds if you missed uh, Steve Robertson on some of the Hale State baseball struggles. Uh, Ross Dellinger talking about his article, SI, Sports Illustrated, uh, who will Ole Miss and Mississippi State pull 
in this new SEC football scheduling. It's all there. Apple Podcasts, search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. This hour is brought to you by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. And make sure to call for a Long Branch Old Fashioned or Manhattan or just Long Branch with a rock at Kessler Prime and the Renaissance and uh, pair your bone-in ribeye with a little Long Branch bourbon. Don't forget, uh, Zach Arnett knows good bourbon, but, uh, and I can't even read this, but uh, here we go. It's Oak and Texas Mesquite Charcoal Refined, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, Long Branch Bourbon, part of the uh, Wild Turkey family and portfolio. We'll be going up there in a few months to pick out another barrel. I'm excited about that, Blake. Twitter handle at Bow Bounds. Twitter, Twitter at Bow Bounds. You can hit us up on the agup.com text line, 601-885-3776. Is it this day and age, is it smart to franchise tag a running back? Depends on the running back. But with the position, with what it is, and the by-committee approach that started... Uh, 15 years ago by Belichick, he was pretty brilliant, not investing a lot of money there. Uh, but they always had somebody tough, as you know what, in January. Um, or maybe a couple of guys that could get what you needed when it gets down to defense and, and running the football in the NFL playoffs. Um, for example, the Dallas Cowboys have already spent too much money on Zeke Elliott. We all know that. Um, terrible contract by Jerry Jones. It looks like the giant. We'll see what they do with Saquon Barkley. They're signing him. Okay. You can get two guys for not half of that. Yeah. Franchise with the same production. Franchise tagging Tony Pollard is an infinitely better decision than paying Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Those are two, like those aren't comparable. So it all depends on what you're trying to do. As so the Cowboys have franchised Tony Pollard. Yeah, ten million, I think, ten point two, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and and this day and age, now that the cap is over two hundred million, that's peanuts. But in the grand scheme of things, you ask the question: What are they going to do with Zeke? In is it July where you can cut him and or for? So he sat out. Dak didn't have this opportunity because the media would have crushed him. To sit out. He just had to take the franchise tag. Do you take two of them, Blake? No, just one. One. Okay. Take the franchise tag and then and then eventually uh of course Jerry kicked the you know, the deal down the road and, Which and had to pay money. more. Mm-hmm. And while doing that, also signed Zeke to a ninety million dollar contract, a running back whose legs were already shot, and who even in when he was in his prime didn't tilt the field. But so Blake are they going? I, I don't know if Jerry can do it because one, he has a love affair with with college stars from big big brand schools like Zeke, um, who obviously played at Ohio State and beat Alabama in the national championship. No semifinal game. Then I think they crushed Oregon. Yes, but anyway, correct. Uh, the point is, when you think about what the Cowboys want to do with Zeke, are they going to pull what Zeke did several years ago? and force him to restructure and or cut him. Yeah, the number one play here would be wait until the main free agency running backs go through their cycle. Um, And then once you've done all that, you go to Zeke and you say, hey, you have to either take this restructured deal or we're cutting you. And then he has no option. Um, Tough. 
but it's w- the way you have to play it. Would uh, will the Cowboys will do Jerry it? Jones it's and Steven. Steven Jones do it? It's all Steven at this point. Um, Jerry's it's Steven is pulling these strings, and I think Steven may do that. It's hard for me to see them. I think they. I think Zeke wants to be in Dallas, right? And I think Dallas doesn't is a is a franchise that doesn't like to pull the plug on things that could make them look bad. So, which is silly. Most, more likely than not, especially will, guys that they've drafted. Correct. That's what I'm talking about. That more likely than not, they will find a way to restructure it, and it probably won't be as team favored as it probably should be. But okay. we'll see. All right. They, right they, now, they're spending twelve percent of their cap on running backs, which would be an NFL record high. All right, so 12% on NFL running backs would be a record high. Yeah, that's three guys. That's uh, Zeke, Tony Pollard, and Malik Davis. Yeah, I actually thought Malik looked good at times last year. Yeah, okay. you get rid of Zeke and pay Malik Davis six hundred grand and Tony Pollard $10 million, Sure, and, that, and then the franchise tag is okay. And that's peanuts on a 200-something million dollar salary cap. Uh, Dalton Schultz is gone. Well, he will be. He'll be a cat. He'll be a free agency cap, right? Uh, yeah, and and so we'll see what what they do there as far as the the Cowboys. They have to get better at wide receiver, um, just skill position in general, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. So that that's something to keep an eye on. Derek Carr is now a New Orleans Saint. Y'all are excited about that. Some of y'all text us throughout the day yesterday. You should be excited. I mean, fandom's about thinking. You know, hey, we got a chance. Uh, we got a chance to get back in the playoffs. Uh, and, and as Blake and I were discussing earlier, uh, you could win the NFC South at 8-9. and nine. Um, You know, look, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Carolina, what what do they have It's the quarterback? It's the first time and only second time ever, but the first time since 1973 that an entire four-team division will return a new starter from week one of, of a year to the next week one. Okay. That's ne- only one time. It's incredible. 73 AFC West. 1973 AFC West is the only other time that this has happened. Assuming that Tom Brady doesn't unretire and come back to Tampa, you'll have a new starter in every single Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, and the Saints obviously now have Derek Carr. And so for those reasons, the Saints are not doing the... The Saints are going Steelers on this. It's very interesting. If you notice, the Steelers don't ever bottom, bottom out. They kind of mid-tier out, and then they try to regroup and get up. Now they because had, you know if you can win around eight to ten games in the NFL. Chance. You have a chance. You have a chance. I like that in college football, and I actually admire the Steelers. But they also had Ben Roethlisberger for most of that run. They did. So the Saints are trying to mimic that. Instead of bottoming out, which is probably where they should go in some respects with, with the age and the cap and all that stuff, They've doubled down. They're going to try to make some moves, and they're going to try to take advantage of an insanely weak division and stay in the playoffs. Yeah, run. they are, and I don't blame Mickey Loomis for doing that. Uh, Mike Dettelier will join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line at 8.30 today. Mike D. on the Saints. Derek Carr is your quarterback. Uh, we will be getting Blake Scott, a Derek Carr uh, jersey, and I don't know if he's going to get uh, a tattoo or not. Um, it looked great for his uh, disc golf spring season. And we'll see how that looks. The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, is brought to you by MSSmarthomes.com. They'll make your entertainment system and living room look amazing. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bulldog knows that Starville is Mississippi's college town, but it is also a history town, an arts and music town, a shopping and dining town, an outdoor adventure town. Come to town for a great SEC football game and stay for the Starville experience. Whether it's an SEC game day or you're celebrating a weekend with MSU classmates, Enjoy Startville, Mississippi's college town, year-round. It's time to try something new in Startville. Uh, c- congratulations to Tolu Smith, first team All SEC. That's it's pretty darn impressive, right there. Um, congratulations to Mississippi State's Tolu Smith for winning the Bailey Howell Award yesterday at the Golden Moon Casino, Pearl River Resort, and Angel Baker from Ole Miss, who won the Peggy Gillum Award. Peggy. Uh, Got up on stage and did a Q&A with Rick Cleveland. It was really, really good. She told stories of Van Chancellor and, you know, what it was like that long ago. I mean, women's hoops has exploded, right? I looked at the ratings. They've had a massive year, which is really, really cool. Uh, their ratings are up big. Now, part of it is you you have access now, which is good to, you know, if you want to watch Tennessee, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Florida, whoever, Texas play play hoops. Um, but people are watching, gravitating to it, and so on, streaming it. Um, I was impressed with all six nominees, the three young women and the three young men from our universities, and you should be too. It's 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 cool. Uh, they Their speeches were great. The coaches did an amazing job talking about their nominees um, on the Bailey Howell side and the Peggy Gillum side. And... I thought Pearl River Resort, Golden Moon did a great job. They did it in the VIP room. They did not spare any expense. So our young athletes were were celebrated. It was a lot of fun. And everybody represented. And in a busy time of year, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, and Mississippi State showed up. They all had, you know, athletic administration, coaches, other than Kermit Davis Jr., which you get that. But the old Miss assistant coach was awesome. He he his speech on Matthew Morrell was great. Jan's on Tolu was exceptional. Okay. Joyce Lee McNeil, 
Yeah. He's the Southern Miss women's coach. So impressed. Uh, coach Yo talking about um, Angel Baker was great. Um, talking about a hell of a player. And then Tolu Smith has this infectious $10 million smile. And I hope Mississippi State people understand what you've had. His parents were there. Uh, wonderful people. Got to speak to them. He's very low-key, but he's got a great smile. Uh, and, 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 and it, you know, he got up. He, he made his speech. Uh, he's only, I took a picture of him. He's with him. He's only 6, 10 or 11. <laughs> um, it's not big. I look like a very small person. He's got great hair. So I'm not tall and I don't have any hair. Um, so that's kind of frustrating. Um, we did have something in common, what it was like to play above the rim. And so we went into that. Uh, what'd you do after that five seconds? Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Shots fired. (laughs) Uh, it was so much fun to visit with him. He was so happy. His parents were happy and he has had an unbelievable career at Mississippi state. I thought his comments too, and you referenced this on Twitter, but I thought his comments on playing with for Jans, which he only had for a season, uh, was a pretty interesting take, and you kind of referenced it on Twitter, but this is what Tolu said about Chris Jans yesterday after winning the award. I didn't know what to expect with Coach Jans, um, but ever since um, the first day, I, I loved every minute, every second of uh, coaching, being, being coached by him, and um, all the expectations that he has for me and the team, I feel like for anybody that, that um, in, in the future that wants to play for Coach or has um, inspirations of even thinking about playing for Coach Jans, you want to work. If you want to work hard and you want somebody that's going to push you to the limits and, and make the best player out of you, Coach Jans is the guy for you. Um, if you want to be lazy, if you don't want to work, he's not the guy for you. <laughs> Uh, Jans did make him better. Out of in, in one year. In a limited time, also, Tolu was coming off an injury. Jans referenced how they had to keep him off his feet. For It, was, it wasn't Tolu's fault, but he, he wanted to coach him more. They had to make sure that they got everything right. He ended up being healthy all year. He had an amazing year. He made first-team All-SEC in a league loaded with talent. Now, I want you all to think about the Kentucky, the A&M, the Alabama, the Auburn, the Tennessee, I mean, I could go on and on talent. And Tolu Smith made first team all SEC. Yeah. First team all SEC. Feels like it's been two decades since that's happened. I know it hasn't been that long, but it feels like a long time since Mississippi State has yeah. had that type of player. I don't remember if Q made it. I would think he did. I know he made the all SEC. I don't remember if he was first, second, exactly, and so yeah. on. But the the bottom line is Tolu, I hope Mississippi State fans celebrate him. I don't know how much more well, you got more basketball, period. You're going to the postseason, either the dance or the NIT. But I know y'all are locked in, and as you should be, it's going to be a lot of fun on Thursday at noon. You have Mississippi State and Florida. Now, tonight in baseball, we have Southern Miss at Ole Miss. All right, so Scott Barry and Mike Bianco, they play every year, sometimes a lot, like last year in the Super Regional. And they'll still play it. Mississippi Brave Stadium um, ballpark in, I don't know, a few weeks or whatever. And so tonight you have Southern Miss at Ole Miss, and you know how that is. It got chippy last week with with Southern Miss and Mississippi State out at the M Braves ballpark. And then you also have uh, Mississippi State hosting Valpo. 
And right now, here's where we are in the world of Mississippi State baseball. You have a group of fans that are living on every pitch. There's a lot of angst and concern and, you know, what do they have? What are they? Can they make the postseason? I think it's, I don't even know if it's 50-50, but it's somewhere around there right now. And um, you have some that don't believe that they can and some that when you talk to say, hey, you know, some things are going to line up. Uh, Lamonis and them will, will figure out kind of what they want to do as far as frontline pitching and then and then the bullpen, both mid and closing. And a combination of the veterans and the young guys will uh, – will will hit enough. Uh, I don't think that the the offense is as high powered as maybe some of the Mississippi State media um want to tell you it is. Uh they're ranked 12th right now. This is early. It's early, I get it. Um but right now and I know it's a small sample size for baseball and we have to remember that even though we don't want to cuz y'all are all nuts over your Revs, Dogs, and Golden Eagles, and Delta State, and everything else. But Mississippi State is 12th in batting average. And Ole Miss is second. Um, Mississippi State is 14th in fielding. That's not good. Uh, Ole Miss is first. And Mississippi State is uh, 14th in ERA. And Ole Miss is uh, ninth in ERA. How do you do last in fielding? Like Missouri plays in the same league you do. How do you be last? <laughs> um, I just don't know what to do. Well, with that information. they're going to have to figure out what they want to do at third. And uh, there's been some other cases of some, you know, mm, I don't know. Uh, again, it's early, but you've got to figure this out soon. I would like to ask our listeners, do they have to go 4-0 this week? I kind of feel like they do. So they play Valpo tonight, um, they being Mississippi State. All right, uh, Ole Miss will play Purdue this weekend, and I'll get to that. They're not in any kind of, I mean, they've been winning games, all right? Um, MSU plays Lipscomb this weekend, Valpo tonight. But, I mean, people are living on every pitch. Yeah, we, Every out, every walk. And here's the deal. You can't start walking people tonight. Yeah. And lose to a team that regardless if they have some crafty left-hander that's throwing a bunch of 78 to 83-mile-per-hour stuff, you just can't lose. We pulled... Uh, You've already lost those games in the non-comp. Sorry. You've yeah. already given those away. Like yeah. We pulled this yesterday. What's your confidence meter for Hale State Baseball? Uh, 9.5% said all is well. 63% said they're a little worried. 27% said it's pandemonium. Let's take the average between the 63 and 27 Right? I mean, I think that's what we're doing here as far as what's going on. Um, is Mike D next? Mike Detillier on Derek Carr, the new quarterback for Houdat Nation. Mike D coming up next on the Out of Bounds Show. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Press the button, my friend. The Out of Bound Show is live, live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus Studio. Check, check, check it out. And good morning. Welcome in. Big news. Big news for Houdat Nation yesterday. Uh, Derek Carr will be their quarterback. And they're excited. As they should be. Especially if, you know, looking at the NFC South. I mean, could be a pretty weak weak spot. Maybe you could you could go 8-9. and nine, Possibly make the playoffs. Well, I think you could. Out of bounds. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, driven by your next John Deere tractor at Ag Up Equipment in any of the Ag Up Equipment dealerships in Mississippi, whether that's Hattiesburg, McGee, uh, Canton, Pearl, Yazoo City, among others, agup.com. We're, uh, you can watch the show right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. You know, it's National Cereal Day, and so we were talking about Frosted Flakes, Apple Jacks. Um, what was the cinnamon one that you mentioned, Blake? cinnamon toast crunch yeah the taste you can see and and so many others uh people were coming at honey nut cheerios and we were going back and forth with that before we get into Derek carr with our friend mike detillier uh states insider wwl radio tv new orleans he joins us on the farm bureau insurance guest line uh mike what was your favorite cereal when you were growing up oh man it it was cinnamon toast crunch boom all right blake's excited about that no, anything that had sugar in it, I was good. <laughs> I'll be honest with it. That there is something about it, you know, when you're a kid that you know that man, that sweet taste um, is uh, is a good one. No doubt. Uh, it was a big day for for Houdat Nation. You're right in the thick of it. You're one of the leading Saints guys. Afternoon drive, among many other things that you do. Uh, Mickey Loomis gets it done. Uh, Where you had talked to us about it the last couple of weeks. How big a win? Is this for Loomis and the Saints right now, Mike? Well, he was their first, second, and third choice um, because the fourth choice people weren't going to like. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. So they were all in with Derek Carr. Um, it was obvious when they were the only team that tried to negotiate a trade uh, for Derek before he became on the free agent market. And he did, you know, he did what was right for him. And, uh, he got to explore things a little bit with the Jets and the Panthers, but came down to it. I think his relationship with Dennis Allen, uh, Dennis, the guy that uh, helped draft him in Oakland, 
and the fact that they were going to willing to commit to him for the four years, I think played a big part in it. A big part. And also, too, he's never played on a defense that's been a top 20 defense ever with the Raiders. I think that's the best he's ever played on a team that was 20th. You know, the Saints have really been a pretty good defensive team. So he doesn't have to carry all the load uh, all the time. I always look at a quarterback and how I measure him. When I want to see his accuracy skills, his ability to process information quickly, how mentally tough he is, uh, because I think that's a big part of the game. Um, the other part is the ability to close the game out. And, you know, he has more fourth-quarter comebacks during his time frame than any other quarterback in the NFL. So that tells you a little bit about him. And a lot of that having to do with the fact that their defense was just so bad. And they were giving up so many points per game. But I think it is uh, have that ability to do that is is huge uh, for this football team. It doesn't solve all your issues, but it solves a big one. And that um, you got a guy that's better than what Andy Dalton was. And I thought Andy did a solid job last year. I'll be honest with you. Andy took a lot of heat. But he did a solid job last year. He had They had a lot of penalties. Yeah, a lot of drop passes, could not run the ball. Now, the not being able to run the football part, they're going to have to solve because I think that's a major issue with this team. Right. Uh, I've had way too many defensive coordinators kind of confer back to me about they're running the same plays over and over again. It was easy to defend. And so you can say, well, Alvin Kamara didn't have a good year. He got distracted with everything off the field. Yeah, that may have been the case. But when the defensive coordinators tell you that they know what you're running, man, boy, if I'm a coach, that's halfway in the battle uh, with all this. Yeah. Hey, Mike, we're going to try to get a little bit better connection here. We're visiting with Mike Natillier, Saints Insider, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. You're listening to the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Sound and Communications. That's right, the top quality audio-visual company in Mississippi, soundcomab.com. Sound and communications, churches, businesses, and sports facilities. We're visiting with our friend Mike Detillier at Mike Detillier on Twitter, Saints Insider. He's talking about uh, running the football and taking some pressure off of Derek Carr and I think where he's going is how does that look with some of the trouble that Alvin Kamara is in and what will Loomis and the in the crew do in the front office? Uh, Mike, what do you think will be their approach as far as trying to bump those uh, running game numbers to help Derek Carr? Well, you got to get two new backs because who knows when Kamara is going to come back. If it's going to be six games, eight games, you know, they got some people that feel he may miss the entire season. So you got to bring in two new backs. Uh, you have nothing in the backfield here. Uh, Mark Ingram, you know, come on. He, he was in the winter years of his career uh, last year. Now, Dwayne Washington's been a really good special teams player, but he spent very little time as a runner or a receiver. And Eno Benjamin, uh, I mean, I, we hear that all the time. 
Okay, Eno was cut by two different teams during the year, and you picked him up. They didn't think he was good enough for them. So you you got to go out and you got to get a power back, and also you got to get a guy that can cut the edge and catch the ball coming out of the backfield. Bottom line, you need sure. to. It's plural at this stage. Uh, the running game, where you see a lot of leakages inside, is in the interior. And so you're going to have to make that decision with Andrus Pete one way or another. And I think you got to bring yourself a tight end that can block. Uh, if not, you, you got problems. Uh, you, you saw that tight ends get beat regularly off the edge. So the running game, you can blame it on the running backs all you want. <clears throat> and when you can take a team pitcher of the defense every time you pitch them the ball, that's that's not on the running back. So it is what it is. You, you're not one player away. Carr does help you. And he gives you the best quarterback as of today in the NFC South. That's not, not even a question mark. And to think about when the season starts, in a one-year time frame, the entire NFC South starting quarterbacks of 2022 will not be starting in 2023. Winston started in New Orleans. Baker Mayfield started in Cleveland. Uh, Marcus Mariota started with Atlanta. Tom Brady in Tampa. All gone per mm. Within a year, gone. So you you got a big makeup of change here. And I think that's going to be the interest, too. What happens with Atlanta and Carolina? Uh, who Carolina, to me, has the best roster in the NFC South, with the exception of the quarterback's position. And are they going to go with a young quarterback here? Uh, Atlanta, will they say, you know what, with all these moves, let's maybe try to make a move toward Lamar Jackson. Oh. Hey, Mike, what uh, do you I'm, think if about – Fontenot, uh, that's what I do. If I'm Terry Fontenot, man, I'm on year three. And my owner's been patient so far, but how much more? How much more? I mean, I got to make a move here. Yes. Okay, Mike, What? About, let's go back to Carolina. I actually think Matt Corral's good enough to play in the league, start in the league, and if he hadn't been hurt this year um, – he would have had an opportunity to play. Even if they pick a quarterback, especially an Anthony Richardson who's not ready and raw, um, if Corral is healthy, do you think he's got a legitimate shot to start at Carolina? I think he'd certainly be in the mix. I haven't seen enough of him at the pro level. It is a jump, um, and, I, and I liked him a lot as a college quarterback. He wasn't the biggest cat around, but he was tough. He can make the throws. He um, he had some skills as a runner and, and extending plays, and he's accurate. You know, Ole Miss saw <laughs> the Jackson Dart. He can't hold his jock strap as far as uh, an accuracy a guy throwing downfield. Now, he's a bigger guy, and, and he can run the ball, but as far as getting the ball downfield, man, Matt was really good at it. So big question mark is wh- where does Reich – no, and because that's his specialty now at the quarterback spot. What does he do at that critical position? Because they just a couple players away defensively. Man, they've got a lot of talent. And uh, they would need another edge rusher opposite Brian Burns. On offense, 
naturally the quarterback spot, but you would need another receiver uh, to help relieve a little bit of the pressure off of D.J. Moore. But your offensive line's been rebuilt. you got a good running game. Uh, I like the scheme that they have. And, man, they brought in some really good coaches uh, there with not only Frank Wright, but also Jim Caldwell. So oh, yeah. Th- that team has got a lot of pieces and a lot of young pieces. Uh, man, you got to find that, that quarterback. Mm-hmm. you got to find that guy. And uh, I, I don't know that he's on the roster today. And, again, you got a an owner, okay, he was a little bit patient with the final coach. He was a little patient with him because he picked him. Uh, I'm not sure that Frank Wright was his choice. I think people around him sort of pushed the Frank Wright thing on him. And um, I like Frank as a coach. Uh, and he certainly is an offensive-minded guy, and they'll do well. And you go back to the Colts, they knew how to run the football, which is right up the Forte Alley for Carolina. Got to fix the quarterback position. Anthony Richardson's not going to fix it. No. He's not going to fix it. Uh, All these comparisons, too, to Cam Newton. Did somebody get hit over the head with a hammer over the weekend? Did people watch Cam Newton in college? You can compare physically – Cam Newton to Anthony Richardson, but don't give me this stuff about he's the same player. Cam Newton, you know, in the last 25 years, that is the best one-game season anyone I've ever seen have in, in the SEC, ever have. He was a dominant player. Oh, yeah, but he had all kind of talent around him. Oh, yeah, when it came down to draft time, Cam was one of four players picked by Auburn. In the draft, four, two first-round picks, two seventh-round picks. Florida had nine players at the NFL Combine. Mm. Nine. That's a lot more than four. And and then, well, well, maybe he wasn't coached well enough. Well, all I know is uh, Mullen was there. Now, you know, you've got a new coach. Um, you know, again, He's the ultimate boom or bust type player in that he is immensely gifted athletically. But we knew that even going before the combine, how talented he was. The big question mark is his consistency, his accuracy skills, his touch on throws. And the quick processing information, and that's why I think Bryce is so good. And you see it also, too, with C.J. Stroud, how quickly – they process information out on the field. I think with Anthony, he is so physically gifted that, you know, I'm going to make something happen. And sometimes because you're so gifted, you get away from what I should be doing and looking for certain spots downfield. Because I think I can fit a ball anywhere. And you know what? He can. But a lot of times it's an incomplete or an interception. Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans, talking NFC South and where we're headed as Derek Carr is now in New Orleans. He's also referencing Matt Corral. This could be a a great opportunity with Frank Reich, who's an offensive mind. 
And I don't think Anthony Richardson could, if that lined up, I don't think Anthony Richardson could beat out Matt Corral. But there could be another guy in the mix, too, at, at Carolina. Mike D. on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, Blake Mania has a question. Yeah, Mike, it's interesting you mentioned Richardson in the c- comparisons to Cam Newton because I know a lot of people also want to compare Anthony Richardson and maybe Will Levis and then every other mobile guy to Josh Allen. Can you explain just briefly why the Josh Allen career to point to this point is an outlier and an anomaly and not something that's probably repeatable with every athletic QB moving forward in the NFL? Um, I watch Josh play a lot, then he came to Manning. Uh, and I, I really got to spend four days to watch him throw. <clears throat> no question, he had a cannon uh, for an arm. And it rained on the Saturday. We had air it out uh, contest between the uh, college quarterbacks. I've never seen a fo- guy throw a football that's wet like he could. You know, and, okay, it's pouring down rain, and he's underneath the deal, and he's, he's pleading his case. Hey, let's just go out there and throw. Uh, and my deal is, gee, Monetti, um, the, if you watch film of Allen at Wyoming, a lot of it had to do with the receiving core. In that, uh, did any of those receivers he's playing with play in the NFL? No. Not a one. Okay, and, and he'd throw the football in the area. Sometimes they weren't there. Uh, a 10-yard uh, cut-in, they were running 13 yards. Uh, they were kind of improvising routes themselves because they knew he could throw the football so hard and so far, and they got away with it. And that's why he was not a high-percentage passer. If you watch, man, he had a lot of drops uh, at Wyoming, and he had a lot of, of the receivers – that their route running skills weren't very good. That 10-yard route was never 10 yards. It was 12, 13 downfield. It's all about timing. And so that's why I think he made that transition. We all knew he was super talented. And we saw that Manning, certain routes he could throw. I mean, he could really throw it and throw it with accuracy skills. Where I thought he struggled was on the deeper routes he would try to overthrow the receiver and have him run under it. Now, he was taught that at Wyoming. Just throw it up there, and the receiver will go run under it. Now, the speed of those receivers at Wyoming and the speed of those receivers in the NFL is a little different. So he, can, he got away with that. He can do that in the NFL. He couldn't do it at Wyoming. So it's also the product around him. It was also the product that was surrounding him. And, uh, you know, when he got in trouble, the first thing he did is, oh, that guy's not open downfield, taking off running with it. You get in the habit with it. Anthony does it too. That first guy's not there, I'm taking off running with it. Man, you got to break him of that. And I think Brian Dable, what he did with him, really he took like the sander and kind of shaved off the rough edges of the game. Is another coach going to be like that with Anthony Richardson? Can he take that sander and sand off the rough parts of his game? You ain't got to worry about that with Bryce Young. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's it's a nip and a tuck with Bryce. And to be honest, C.J. Stroud uh, is similar. He throws a nice football. It's touch. It's on time. Uh, at times at uh, Ohio State, you wanted to just scream at him, hey, dude, take off running with it. Yeah, he got an open field ahead of him. 
he sat in that pocket to the bitter end. Um, I can't say that about Bryce. Bryce would take off, but Bryce is more of a scrambler than, say, a runner. Anthony, I think it's product of the environment that he played in in high school. Uh, Dan let him do a lot of things as a runner. Uh, And I thought last year he got a little better as the season went along with his reads and recognitions, but he still, man, was an awfully erratic passer. And he's going to need a guy that can really come in there and and sand down some of the rough parts of his game. Josh Allen was lucky, and he'd be the first one to tell you what Brian Dable did with him. Uh, and did Josh look like a better player in 2022 or 2021? 21. There's a reason Brian wasn't there. Mm. Wasn't in his ear. Wasn't working with him on different things. So, um could it happen for Anthony? Yeah, maybe it could. And athletically, <laughs> he's got everything you look for. Funny story at Manning. We all in the stands watching for Arrett out. And it takes a lot for 1,200, 1,300 kids to pay attention, you know, because their mind's on 5,000 other things. Every time Anthony Richardson got up to throw, you'd see them kind of move up to the front of their seat to watch. It was like, whoa, that's the guy that can really throw it. Now, he was inaccurate. Uh, You know, half his throws, he wasn't close. But, man, he caught your attention because he was so athletic and such a cannon for an arm uh, that everybody sort of wanted to watch. He catches your attention. So what happened at the combine, no surprise to me. I saw the reaction of those kids. I'm talking about 15, 16, 17-year-olds, they all wanted to watch him. And it wasn't because he could throw the football with accuracy, skills, and touch. It was because he had that rifle. Because um, Bryce, man, Bryce was almost like, give me the ball, I got it. You know, give me the ball, I got it. And he was he was accurate throwing the football. Uh, but, man, Anthony's got some stuff that will wow you uh, in any type of workout. The big question is, the comparisons to Cam Newton and Josh Allen athletically are there, but look what Cam did in college. And Josh didn't have that supporting cast at Wyoming. Didn't have it. And, and he's you telling me Florida don't have any talent? Is, is that what this been? That Florida's not a talented No, they had team? players. They, they had got, players. Come on, they got players. That that to me, <laughs> when, when I heard people say that, I that to me was almost a mute button situation because we know that he, he did have talent around him. It just it did not work for whatever reasons. It, it didn't work for Florida uh, this year. But uh, somebody's going to take a chance on him, and, and I'm talking about a top ten pick. Somebody's going to take a chance that they're going to bet and kind of roll the dice, but it is the ultimate boom or bust situation. You didn't hear that about Josh Allen. Didn't hear it. That's a good point. Because most people knew what he was playing with at Wyoming. But, Bo, I'll never forget, he threw, and I'm talking about it was raining in Thibodeau that day. He threw a wet football 
on a dart, on a straight line, like 65, 70 yards. And Archie and I look at one another, man, we ain't seen nothing like that. Not here, because it rained every once in a while here. <laughs> but it was to watch Josh Allen throw that ball. And I'm talking about soaking wet, you know, because he had a little towel on it. But as soon as you pull that towel off and you throw it, man, it's, the rain's coming down. I've never seen anybody do that. We'll leave it there. Mike Dettelier, Saints Insider, on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Bo. That was awesome. At Mike Dettelier on Twitter. Derek Carr is in New Orleans. We'll see what uh, Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa Bay do at the quarterback position. But Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen got their guy. Because, as Mike said, that was their first, second, and third choice. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by Sound and Communications. Soundcomab.com. Soundcom.